Hey Vibers, it's your boy Kai. This is Season 3, Episode 13 of the Vibe with Kai podcast. Today, I am sitting with the amazing Katie Ray, uh, an incredible woman who has become one of the most important voices and advocates uh, for those who have been sexually exploited, among many other things that we're going to talk about today. Before we get things going today, be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platforms at The Vibe with Kai, or visit my official website at thevibewithkai.com, where I'm always posting things that'll help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. But enough about me, enough of putting me on the pedestal. I'm going to put my friend on a pedestal right now. My guest today is Katie Ray, someone who I've gotten to know pretty well over the last month or so uh, over, on, over on our favorite app, TikTok. Um, and somebody, somebody that I got to spend New Year's Eve with, we got to celebrate together because I did this crazy thing. I don't know why I did this, but I did this crazy thing where I celebrate new year's with every time zone in the united states so uh uh eastern central mountain and uh and pacific time i counted down with each of those time zones and drank a lot of alcohol more so than i originally had intended um and by the i tried so hard uh and by the time i got to to you because you're mountain standard time yes by the the time i got to you i think i was okay ish you yeah. were having a good time. I was, was time. having an okay time. <laughs> you were having a great time. And it was, I was. a ton of fun. Yes. And I know myself and a lot of other people had a really good time bringing in the new year with you. Yeah. Specifically centered it around. If you don't have anyone to spend your new year's Eve with. Yeah. Then we're going to spend it together. And I Absolutely. That's a great idea. It was amazing. Absolutely. And, 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 and that actually, so let me give, let me give a quick intro to, to, because we're going to talk a little bit about that. And um, I want to, I want to give a quick intro to, to anybody that's listening or watching right now that does not know who this beautiful woman is that's on your screen or the voice that you hear right now, Katie Ray. Uh, she was born into a religious cult in Montana uh, and, and experienced sexual assault on a regular basis on, at a very young age. And today what she does is she talks about her journey publicly and she uh, has made it her, I guess, your goal in life to help anybody who has been experiencing similar circumstances, uh, similar situations in in their life, and that and that and just knowing your story because we're going to talk about this is in, is incredible. But before we get into that, I do want to talk TikTok because that's how we met uh, <laughs> here, and and you get to tell your your story, which we'll talk about. But what's it like? What's it been like in general for you? on tiktok were you a pandemic tiktoker or were you on tiktok before did you come late to the game where where did you, where do you stand on that i was a pandemic tiktoker <laughs> i watched all my millennial friends yes on the dance trends <laughs> in the house they were in the house board doing all of these dances and i yes. was like oh i couldn't give in yeah. to the idea of hopping on another platform that would just suck my time but we were quarantined so I said you know what I'm gonna jump on a transition trend I'm gonna give it a try and it quickly evolved into this place Mm -hmm. where I could be my most authentic self and I felt so comfortable being weird and having a messy house and telling horrendous dad jokes and sharing (laughs) what it's like being a mom of four and all of the different facets of that and how multifaceted it was and the amount of people who felt so seen looking at my messy kitchen while I was cuddling my toddler or listening to me talk about the struggles of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum psychosis. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people who came and said, wow, I feel really seen here. And then it started progressing into my journey to being clean. Mm. I used drugs and alcohol for nearly a decade to cope with the abuse that I went through as a child. And I made one glow up video from (laughs) being in active drug abuse to being clean for 10 years. It marked my decade of being clean. And I had one person say, would you just tell us your story? I think it will help a lot of people. And that's where it all started. And I shared a 17 part series from this Katie's perspective of what it was like going through what I went through and then where I had come to. And Mm -hmm. then it quickly progressed into 
an absolutely incredible community of followers and mutuals yeah. who supported the process of advocating for other survivors of similar kinds of trauma. That's amazing. And and what I did uh, on, on TikTok, I actually, because you're live on TikTok right now as we're recording this. I and I actually sent, I sent you a, a, a guest request that way, uh, if anybody from my end wants to listen in as well, they can watch, they can watch me uh, and you talk at the same time uh, in, in your little box from the, at the bottom. So um, that's, a, that's an incredible story. And I appreciate you. Uh, oops. Hold on. Let's turn that down. There you go. Uh, can you still hear me? Yep. Awesome. Cool. So uh, it's such an incredible story, and I appreciate you sharing that with us because it, I can't even imagine what it's been like for you uh, to go through the story, yet alone, let, let alone to talk about that every day, <laughs> pretty much, uh, and all of that. So you gave you, with this right here, you, you allow people to reach out to you every day, pretty much. And you have to live through this and live through their trauma and their experiences every day. Uh, what is it like just hearing those stories? How, how, do you, how do you go about handling that personally? I would only be able to do what I do on a level of not just sharing my testimony, but being able to have others share theirs with me and offering right. resources and support if I came at all of this from a place of radical freedom and healing. I created this account to tell people what it's like going through what I've been through and coming to the other side of full circle restoration. If I started this account in a place where I was, say, five years ago, where I was still living actively in my unhealthy coping mechanisms and I had very few tools and resources and I was actively triggered every single day and all of my trauma responses were in full force and full use, I would not be able to advocate for people the way that I am. But nearly two decades of trauma therapy and working actively on recognizing and understanding what my trauma responses and triggers look like and how to advocate for myself, I've been able to advocate for others. Sometimes it's tough being trauma dumped on every single day. Hundreds of messages a week opening, hearing the horrific things that people have come from and are still actively inside of. But there is nothing more fulfilling than being able to offer someone hope, a listening ear, climbing in the hole with them for a little. Sometimes someone just needs to hear, I believe you. I believe you. Your story matters. Your story is valid. Sometimes people need resources because they want to be able to experience the kind of freedom that myself and so many others have on the other side of our trauma. And sometimes people just come to me to say, watching your POV helped me. Like watching your account has helped me in ways that therapy never did. Being so seen and so heard helped me walk through my healing journey too. So thank you. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. So from that angle, how do you go about just staying positive yourself, right? Because I know that it can be hard. Um, and even though obviously hearing them grow, hearing these people grow and seeing your growth um, it can be uplifting in and of itself, but how hearing these stories every day and when people come to you for help every day, how do you just go about staying hopeful and, and positive? I would imagine it's a little bit difficult, especially nowadays because of, of the world being on fire, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. we're heading, we're heading into, into year three of, of the panorama. Yep. And it's been quite the journey for a lot of people. And there's, if there's one thing that I've realized is that uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people that have given up, uh, you know, understandably so, because it's it's really hard. And it's really hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel. So how do you continue to find the strength and to stay hopeful when there's so many things that are surrounding us that are just just so downtrodden right now? I think it's really easy to lose hope when you've partnered with lies and the lies tell us that there's no good for tomorrow, nothing good will come, I cannot persevere, and I don't have the endurance to do this. If we rewrite the lie with the truth as the opposite, I do have the endurance, I do have the capacity, I can and I will, and you speak that over yourself every single day, it will happen for you. Now, we're not talking immediate gratification here. These are things that take time. And when we're rewiring the way we believe our existence to be, 
we rewire what actually takes place. We always say what we put out comes back, right? Like the things that we're thinking are the things that begin to happen in our lives. And if I'm constantly believing that I am unworthy and I'm constantly saying I'm unworthy and there is no hope for tomorrow, then that is the way I will continue to feel and believe those things. And then I will start partnering with people who have the same mindset. It will continue to multiply in my surroundings, immediate and further out. If I'm telling myself and other people, your value is so much greater than you even know, and you will find that soon, but you got to keep telling yourself that it's going to change your perspective on what's happening now and will give you hope for the future. How did you go about finding your Katie in a way, you know, like, cause you're, you, you are uh, somebody that many people reach out to. Uh, how did you find your Katie? Um, like, how did I know what I was called to do? Well, I, as in, as in, was there somebody that you, that you reached out to? Oh, how did yeah. I find who my person was? Yes. Um, yeah. 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 So that would have been my childhood therapist. And she was the person who initially supported and loved us when we didn't have any advocates in our life. We didn't have any people who saw us or validated our existence. And something in her soul knew something was going on in our family because it was so picture perfect. It was too picture perfect, but she couldn't put her finger on it. And even though she didn't know exactly what was going on, she held us so close. She loved on us in ways that we had never experienced adults loving on us. And at one point, my sister told her what was going on inside of our family. And she was the one who got the ball rolling on my dad being prosecuted and incarcerated. And that changed our lives forever when that took place. And from there escalated into this lifelong friendship with deep intimacy. And she was no longer our therapist. She's now our surrogate mom and best friend. And uh, she's just amazing. She's a licensed trauma therapist. And being friends with somebody who specializes in an area that you're so passionate about, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you talk a little bit, uh, as comfortable as you feel uh, talking uh, about it, about the things that you faced while you were a part of this uh, uh, this cult in in Montana, um, can you tell can you tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit about the 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 things that you experienced there that were just not acceptable, not okay, not uh, just so traumatic uh, that I can't even fathom um, how you felt. Can you just talk a little bit, as comfortable as you are, um, uh, to talk about it about what you experienced then? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a very open book. I also want to prepare everybody. Pretty much anything you find on my account is going to come with a trigger warning. As my bio says, I'm a sexual exploitation survivor and advocate. I advocate on behalf of human trafficking survivors as well. So any podcast interview or um, content of mine that you see, it will come with a heavy trigger warning. So uh, I just encourage you to take a deep breath. It's okay to feel the feelings that will come from the content you're listening to today. Sit with them and just remember that they won't kill you. And you can get on the other side of it and then practice some healthy coping mechanisms. So I was born in a religious cult. All of my siblings and I were. I was. I am the second youngest child. I was very young when we left. But the things that took place in this cult are reasons why it made national headlines and survivors that got out of the cult went on Dr. Phil. They wrote bad checks. They embezzled. They were um, laundering money. The most atrocious part of this cult's largest proclivities were the rape of women and children. There was an inner leadership ring of men. If you were invited into the ring of men, you had your pick of any woman or child inside of the cult at any time to do with what you wanted. And no one was allowed to say no. No one's husband, no one's child, no one's wife was allowed to say no. It was simply a part of the culture. And because this was a religious cult, the name of the cult is Curly Thornton Ministries. It was a Catholic-based cult. Uh, because this was a religious cult and it was framed under the guise of 
religion and the practices of this is the expectation God would have for you inside of a healthy life, we had a lot of things that were framed inside of this expectation, like nothing you watch, listen to, or say can be unglorifying to the Lord. So we would have parties where we would burn and chop up Disney movies and secular CDs. And I tell you that is probably by far the weirdest thing that we used to do. We made parties out of hacking up Aladdin. <laughs> That's my favorite Disney movie, by the way. Second favorite. It's so it's good. Behind, behind Lion King. Lion King and Aladdin it, are my favorites. It is so good. <laughs> I'm telling you. But it um there there were a lot of memories I had that looked like that. Very cult-like controlling behavior. And I don't have a lot of memories of sexual abuse that I experienced that came from the cult, my sexual abuse happened from another family member, but these were expectations inside the cult that were brought home and then expected of us kids. So it was the culture of the cult that was now the culture of our family. I, I, I can't even fathom yeah. like how you even begin to process that as you grow sure. older. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, I'm an advocate and you've heard me say this before. I'm an advocate that everybody should go to therapy. Just everybody <laughs> should go um, because I think it's, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Uh, and, uh, I, and I honestly, I didn't think anything was wrong quote with me. Um, and I, and I realized that there's, you don't have to find something wrong with you to, to go to therapy. It's good to help uh, go just to help you process. Uh, but, but for you, I don't, to, to be able to just take all that in as you grow older and process that and understand after being, I, for lack of a better term, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I guess brainwashed in a way to, to make, it, make it seem as though this is okay, this is normal, this is, you know, how life should be, and we are the, we are the good guys here, you know. Um, is, this, is this cult still around? No. So Curly Thornton died, I want to say somewhere in the 2000s. I don't know okay. if it was the early 2000s or um, 2010 or after. I, I can't quite remember. You can Google it though. He's very searchable. He ran for president against Lincoln or Lincoln Clinton. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going back. We're going back some time here. How old are you? <laughs> right? um, so he ran for president against yeah. Clinton and um, he was just a very bad man. Uh, I want to kind of roll back just a little bit and let you guys know there is no one religion or group or occupation that's subjective to cults. They are everywhere. And it always starts out with a charismatic person who has a mindset and they usually have good intent and they just want people to be a part of the process of making this movement, this theology, this ideology, a more widespread concept and they get some followers and they get some friends to get on board and it starts picking up steam. And this is where the power and the hunger and the money and greed begin to skew the theology and they begin to change the hearts of the man who initially had a good idea. And this is where you see the lies that compound on top of lies and bad ideas that turn into horrible ideas and people start getting hurt. This is where you see people having to manipulate and coerce other people to get into the cult because they'd never join if they knew what was going on. And then at full steam, this is where people know what's going on and they have zero intention of being there. People inside the cult want to leave at this point. And you've got blackmail on top of blackmail to not only keep people, but to get them to recruit others. So it's not subjective to one group. A lot of people look at something and they say, that's a cult right there. Or right. another thing, that's a cult. They're everywhere. They're yeah. literally everywhere. How do you, do, are, are there people out there that you were with during that time period that are still, that you're still, I guess, in contact with today in some way that you feel is, are, are, are still under, or still haven't, I guess, recovered from that time period at all? So there is only one family that we were in the cult with and um, their parents never told them 
that that we were in a cult. Their parents never told them. They grew up in such an air of protection and they never knew. And I'm still friends with them to this day and I'll never tell them um, because that's not my place to just. So like, they, to this day, to this day, they don't know. To this day, they don't know that that was what they were experiencing. Those were the gatherings they went to. Those were and, the, and now today the, they're, they're grown adults. They're grown. Uh, how, how, do, how does that, how do you, how does that make you feel? Is, is it something that you want to say or do you feel it's just not your place? Oh no, it's not my place. Yeah. It's not place and it makes me feel um grateful yeah grateful for them that they have had a completely different experience that they didn't go through the radical sexual abuse that we did and because they didn't their parents felt they didn't need to uncover and they grew up in this space that was so safe and so healthy they are amazing healthy adults and moms and aunties and they have such a healthy relationship with their parents and with the people around them. And they didn't have to claw back from radical trauma. Um, it it doesn't have to be a part of everybody's story. Sure. Yeah. And I, I don't look at it like you should know, you need to know, because yeah. there's this space that if you just don't know, then you can't heal from it. Um, I'm happy for them. Wow. I'm just happy for them. Have they ever, have they ever asked you about it? Yeah. They've asked me about my story on multiple occasions. Like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you and your sister went through this. I had no idea. So they're well aware of like the stuff that you went through. But I never came back around and said, you were too, boo. Right, right. We were in it together um, because our, our experiences were just Just so so different. Profoundly different. Wow. That's Wow. Yeah. My gosh. And 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 do they do they know what you do like uh in regards to telling this story? Are they aware yeah, follow, of all they this? follow me on TikTok. Oh, do they really? <laughs> wow. Well, have they ever said anything like have they ever been like wait, what? <laughs> they I, ever... No, um you know, when I initially started sharing my story, they just yeah. reached out and told me, "I love you. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that this was the depths of what your childhood looked like. If I had yeah. known, I'd have gotten you help because yeah. we were best friends from childhood um but but truly it was it's just really neat to see how different people's experiences can be and at no point was I ever um jealous or angry or upset or why couldn't that have been my story it was only always ever like yes go get your freedom yes go have your freedom let that ring because it was this like taste of freedom I hadn't seen coming out of this cult and I watched someone come out of the same cult and be so okay I was like yeah that's the right <laughs> that's amazing so when you when you speak and well let me just stop real quick and just say that I appreciate you uh being so open uh about this the story um and and the experiences that you've gone through because I if if you were to tell me you know, if I were to know your story uh, and you were to say, it's just something I don't talk about. Um, it's just something I just don't want to relive. I would understand. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the fact that you tell your story and on top of that, try to help others. I think, I mean, that says a lot about you as a person. And and I, I appreciate you. Like I, I appreciate you. I can't even imagine like the people that you've helped, how much they appreciate you for that. So thank you for sharing that story. Um, in regards to the people that have reached out to you recently, whether it be on TikTok, Instagram, or any other platform, um, do you find that it's mostly young women that are reaching out to you, or is it just all ages of women that are reaching out for help? So I get such a wide range of people yeah. who out that it's hard to put a percentage on specifically who it is i'd say probably the vast majority are minor females and they are either still in abuse i call cps about once a week and i have extractions done with children who are in abusive situations um, or children's advocates i'll get in touch with and have them start the process of um, making sure a kid gets to a safer spot 
uh, that's the vast majority of who contacts me. And not all of them are still in abusive situations. Some of them have parents who don't support their healing journey and they need therapy because they came from abuse and they just need talking points. Like, how do I get my parents to support me? What do I say to my mom to tell her, like, I desperately need therapy because I'm suicidal. I would say probably 85% of the middle school and young high school girls who contact me are suicidal and they just need support and they need um, resources. And a couple of them, I've even been in communication with their parents. I say, please tell your mom to call me right now. This is my phone number. I want to talk to her about how she can best support you because I was you and I didn't have a mom who understood. And they've been so receptive. And I I don't want to say it's because of the number count of following that I have, and I hope that it's not. I am so grateful for the social capital that it's allotted me, but I would hope that it's simply because they hear the words of someone who's been through it and they want to advocate for their kids. Um, And then I get a large chunk of people who have never been through what I've been through, and they're grateful for the information I've put out there because it has them see the world differently. They're patient is a nurse, a doctor, a surgeon, a police officer, a firefighter, a teacher. And I get messages constantly from people in whatever work field who say, I had no idea that these were symptoms of trauma. I have so many kids who are walking red flags now that I've watched your childhood trauma POV. I see my students, I see my patients, I see all of these people so differently and I'm gonna be advocating for them in a different way now. Um, It's the middle school boys who hit me up that really like punch me in the heart though. When I get these middle school boys who say, I had no idea that these could have been things my classmates were going through. You know, I was going to ask you that, actually, because I know a lot of times when we when we think about um, people that have been sexually exploited, a lot of times we, we, we talk about girls and, and women, obviously, that and, and what they've gone through. Have you also heard from boys and men who have, have gone through that? Because, I mean... I think, and this is where I'll get a little vulnerable here. So like, I I was also sexually assaulted when I was younger and I suppressed it because anytime I had told that story uh, to whomever I told it to, they didn't seem to understand that, like how it happened, right? And I, I said, it was quite easy. I was out of it. And she took and she took advantage of me, and but they'll say things like, "But why didn't you just push her off? You're stronger than her. Why didn't you?" And I, I just, I, I, I ended up stopped telling the story because I would get more questions about why I didn't do things, as opposed to even simple things like, "Hey, Kai, I'm sorry that you went through this." Right? Like the, the people would just immediately start being like, "Well, how did you let that happen?" Like, I can't imagine saying that. If somebody were to come up to me and say, hey, Kai, you know, I, I had to deal with this. At no point would I ever say to them, you know, boy or girl, man or woman, and everything in between. Oh, how, why did you let that happen to you? Like, that, <laughs> that in and of itself blew my mind. And so I stopped telling the story. I stopped. Uh, and it wasn't, honestly, until I got onto TikTok that I realized that I'm not the only one that, you know, man, uh, that, that has been through this situation that suppressed it and had to, like, I, I feel as though I'm in a good place now. Um, I love that for you. Buddy. Yeah. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I, I'm in a good place now, but I, I, sometimes I think to myself, man, if I didn't suppress this, if I would have talked about this sooner, you know, where would I have been mentally now? Or would I be been able to help other people that might have experienced this? Um, so I was curious if, if you often hear stories from men, from, from boys, from males that are, have gone through something similar. I do. I just want to start by saying, I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. And I'm sorry for every person along the way who has invalidated your story, your truth, and who didn't simply climb in the pit with you and see if you were doing okay. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. It really does. And 
I think the conversation that people aren't ready to have when we talk about why male sexual abuse is overlooked is where does the problem stem from? And it truly stems from the, um, the sexualization around it inside of pornography. And this isn't a shame. If you watch porn, it's, it's your thing. I'm not kicking anybody down for this. When we understand where it primarily is coming from, we can address the issue. And when men are hypersexualized, not just men, but the age difference between an older woman and a very young male, and we've got the cougar concept, and we've got the datum young concept, and we have the really borderline pedophilia concept, we can have the conversation that this is the kind of pornography that is stripping men of the validity of their sexual abuse. Because we hear things like, that's a little boy's wet dream. That is a little boy's dream. He got he he got to have sex with two teachers at the same time. Yeah, right, is he traumatized? These women shouldn't be prosecuted. This guy's getting high fives in the hallway at, it, it, after fifth period from his buddies. We are ignoring the reality of where the problem is essentially coming from and allowing the hypersexualization of young teen boys who are being groomed molested and raped by older women and then we invalidate the trauma that genuinely comes from that and the boys who come back and say i'm not traumatized that was a good time there's a lot of underlying stuff there to unpack absolutely there's a lot of underlying stuff there to unpack and if we can genuinely address where the issues are coming from and we can start making real change we can move towards progressively and intentionally being able to support uh, the male population who goes through this. And I don't mean to say male and female, leaving out other spectrums of the gender identity. I'm just talking specifically about what it is that I've seen. And yes, I do have um, both grown young, young men and older men who reach out to me and say like, I went through this. I feel so seen. I feel so valued. I feel so validated. How do I get help for this? Because no one hears my struggle. No one sees me. And so often I'm seeing it happen inside of homes when it, when it's boys, it's happening incestually. And other times it's a stranger in a park or a bathroom or a gym locker room and they don't get to talk about it. And I'm here to talk about it. We'll have this conversation. And you just need to know your story is valid. You are loved, you matter. And if you need a safe place to tell your story and you need someone to offer you resources and support, you can reach out to me. I, I <laughs> you, you, I, it's not even Sunday. I wasn't expecting you to, pe to be preaching the truth today, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching the truth today. Uh, that, I'm, I'm really happy you said that um, because I think that uh, that's a topic that I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. Just people haven't really talked about it. You know, um, it's 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 a, it's a little. I mean, I. It's a people little weird to me. To talk about it. Yes. And I'll tell yes. you why people are afraid to talk about it because the moment that they bring up the problematic areas of pornography, leaving out um, your faith preferences, leaving out your moral preferences right. completely aside. When people don't want to talk about the genuinely problematic things about pornography because they immediately blended into kink shaming or they immediately blended yes. into shaming in general, then we can't have the really important conversations. Again, if, if you're down with the pornography, that's on you. Like, right. I'm not going to say a damn thing to you about it, but I will have a conversation with you about how the human trafficking hotline Polaris indicated that a large, vast majority of the trafficking survivors that they find online, they find through Pornhub because wow. they do not screen any of the amateur artists who are making content really? 
And the FBI will sift through all of the videos and they find trafficked children and women on Pornhub. Oh, no. Now, if you hear this and you say, no, 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 I read their terms of agreement. You have to sign a consent waiver if you're going to make content. And you also have to be over the age of 18. They don't follow their own rules for profit. This is why Visa, MasterCard, and all other major forms of payment pulled their payment platforms from Pornhub, and they are under massive investigation under hundreds of counts of allowing and perpetuating human trafficking of children and women. So if we're going to have the conversation, yes. we have to have it in its entirety. Yes, And so many people come at the conversation about porn from uh, the wrong angle, which is like, oh, it's bad for your spirit or it wrecks your soul or because Jesus wouldn't. And I'm like, listen, I'm a Christian right. and I've got all my kind of feelings about that side of it. One, I'm never going to shove those down your throat. Two, let's not talk about that piece of it because the more important piece of it is what's happening to our women and children and our boys. That's the more important piece, that there are women, children, and young boys, they're just in general, people going missing, and they are being sexually exploited on a public accessible platform. And, yeah. I, would, and I would imagine, I mean, and that's, that's a major platform. I can only imagine the, the platforms that aren't nearly as big as yeah. Pornhub, but are still highly trafficked, you know, when it comes to, that for, to people's searches that are probably utilizing the same tools, um, utilizing the same communication to traffic these, these people, the, these human beings um, that are, are, are I, 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 I laugh because it's just, it's so hard to fathom. Yeah. And like, it's like, I, it's like, you, you don't think that stuff. Yep. You don't think about that stuff. Like the people that you see on, on your screen, uh that they there's a chance that they are probably doing this against their will yeah. or they don't understand what's happening yeah. uh or or they're never seen of or heard from again yeah well let's talk about the realities of what yeah. trafficking is because so yeah. many people hear the word trafficking and they immediately think of the movie taken uh taken right. It's a fantastic movie, but it is right. horrific in so many ways. And it is because Hollywood glamorized the idea of being snatched and grabbed in another country right. by uh, some French man. And that right. this is what being trafficked looked like. When the realities of trafficking is that you have no idea, but your child's best friend in the sixth grade, uh, her auntie takes her over to a friend's house every Thursday and sells her for $60 to a friend so that she can pay the light bill. What you don't see is the young girl that works at McDonald's um, who was sold to a group of men on a Friday night and then went back to work the next day. Those are things you don't recognize about what trafficking is. The definition is to physically move someone from one location to another and sell them either forced labor or sex. And forced labor is one of the most profitable and prominent types of trafficking. And when someone is no longer able to do the work inside of forced labor, they tend to get slotted down to um, sex trafficking. And we see this all over the world. Uh, so many people think that sex trafficking and human trafficking happen in other countries, and that's where it's most prominent. You need to do some research on the kind of shit going on in the United States. I like because I. <laughs> I don't think people are uh, understand. People aren't ready. People yes. aren't ready to hear the information or have the conversation because it is so much easier to listen to, watch this podcast, and then go back to eating your cereal. And that's what 95% of people will do because this is my hill to climb. I won't go back to eating my cereal. I'll go back to reading the data, doing the research, finding the people who are uh, creating the problem. I will go back to writing legislation, finishing my book and advocating for people who still don't have a voice. It's okay if you go back to eating your cereal. I wanna see you climb the hills that you know you're supposed to climb. I won't ask you to climb my hill. It's okay. But if you feel called to climb this hill, find me. Because the more people climbing this hill, the bigger the change that we can make.
that then you that actually you you just <laughs> led perfectly into my my final question here which is how can people help you know the people that are listening to this right now the people that are watching this that are that might be surprised to even be hearing any of this you know because they might be hearing it for the first time or it's just something that they never thought about before if they want if, if they want to either get more information or help assist in any way what what can they do there is a link in my bio, my link tree um, on both TikTok and on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find me linked under Katie Ray, uh, C-A-T-I-E-R-E-A-Y. I'm also the TikTok advocate on TikTok. Uh, the link in my bio is a petition to have teachers trauma-informed care trained nationwide. Trauma-informed care training is going to give our educators the ability to see what they're really seeing. Often they see a lack of attendance, appropriate behavior, lack of being present emotionally and mentally uh, as just a bad kid. And in reality, often it's a cry for help. And when a teacher can see what's really happening, you can have fewer and fewer students fall through the cracks. Who are our most vulnerable to trafficking? It's our youth. What youth? The LGBTQ community, our BIPOC community, children who have been in foster care, who are currently homeless, or who have had parents that were drug and alcohol abusers, or they themselves have already struggled with drug and alcohol abuse. Those are our most vulnerable youth to human trafficking. Because of the trauma that comes from that specific situation, they end up in situations where they will very likely become a statistic of human trafficking. If early on, our teachers know, these are the youth who are most likely to be trafficked, they can get them support, resources, help them start their healing journey super early, you're gonna see a massive reduction in human trafficking numbers, like wicked reduction. It's not just snatch and grab. Don't fall for the, um, like the viral videos where someone says, oh, the car seat sitting on the side of the road is a trafficking tactic. Stop it. Like, don't fall for that crap. Or the, the note that's left under your windshield is a trafficking tactic. Like you pull the note off and they snatch and grab you. Does that potentially happen? Yes. Is that the trafficking tactic? No. Uh, it is it is the vulnerable youth who are going to end up at a party. It is the vulnerable youth who are going to end up saying yes to going to a concert with a complete stranger. It is the vulnerable littles, okay? They're not trying to snatch and grab a 30 or 40-year-old woman with four kids. Does it happen? Yes. Do we see 40-year-old people come out of trafficking? Yes, because they were there since they were seven. Mm. That's wow. the people we see come out of trafficking because they've been there since they were a little vulnerable youth. So um, this is not to negate or to take away from or invalidate the experiences of grown women who have been trafficked. I see you. I hear you. Your story matters. I want you to know there are support and resources out there for you. I work with organizations across the United States who create safe houses and safe spaces for survivors of human trafficking to heal. But this is where the conversation starts. This is where massive change is made when the helpers of the world are trauma-informed care trained. Um, you can also donate to organizations like the HER campaign out of Billings, Montana. That's one I work with closely, who create safe houses and programs for survivors of sexual exploitation to heal and to safely reintegrate back into society. Um, and then on like a very basic fundamental, what do I do? Where do I start? Love people really well. When they say you don't know what somebody's going through, you have no fucking idea. And to the Karen who goes off on me when I'm moving too slow in the bread aisle, I always ask myself, what if her dad just died? Or what if, you know, she's processing trauma right now? And it doesn't excuse people's behavior. And it doesn't justify their behavior, but it's a why for me. It helps me understand. And it helps me come back with grace. And I'm able to have more grace for people who, without it, I would be like, you don't have to be a bitch. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so this, yeah. is, this is an opportunity for you guys to really learn how to love people well. And maybe your kindness 
is the first they've seen in a very long time and will lead to them starting to pursue a place of healing for themselves. Right. That's amazing. And and for everybody that's listening or watching right now, all of the links that uh, Katie is talking about, I will put those in the show notes. Um, so uh, including um, her, her usernames that she talked about herself, um, I, I'm going to make sure that all of those are easily uh, foundable, <laughs> findable for all of you uh, to click on. Uh, if, if you want to follow Katie, I implore you to do so, especially um, just from a educational standpoint, uh, because the more you know, the better you are, uh, the better you can be, and the more you can help other people. So uh, you can follow Katie on Instagram at Katie Ray. I'm going to put that down at the bottom as well. And on TikTok at The TikTok Advocate. I promise you, you will not regret learning about this, uh, these, these stories, hearing her story. This is really important stuff. And, and as uh, Katie stated before, a lot of people just haven't had this conversation or are afraid to have this conversation. Uh, but it's, it's something that's really, really important and we should be talking about it. And I feel uh, incredibly honored that you got, um, I, I had the chance to sit with you uh, today, especially because we're like friends now. It's official. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's official. We're like friends now. So like you do know, Katie, now you're stuck with me now. You know this, right? I think it's going to be the other way around. Ah. See, here's the thing. I I'm, am a weirdo in this situation. I don't think so. Cause I don't think you understand how weird I am. So uh, thank you for that. But uh, when I come, I want to come visit Montana. Cause I have had zero reason to ever come visit Montana. But Wyoming. now I have one. Oh, you're in Wyoming. Right. I'm I have in Wyoming. Wyoming. Now, yeah. Yes. Either or. <laughs> okay, so had... Wyoming is windy. It is not for the faint of heart in the winter. Uh, not screaming and crying. But... I'll see you in April then. Uh, April, <laughs> May, June. I'll see you. I'll see you in about uh, six months. The summers are blistering, my friend. Yeah. Hey, before we go, yes. uh -huh. I want to hear one thing from you. Absolutely. Your biggest dream. And my biggest dream. So much. But if you had all the faith in the world in yourself to do it, what would it be? You're going to take me back to a dream that I've had ever since the eighth grade of middle school. My biggest dream was to be a late night TV show host. Uh, it has been my dream to, to, to take over. At the time, it was Jay Leno and, and, Dave, and David Letterman yeah. and Conan O'Brien. It was my dream to take over for them. Because I know that I could do this. I know that I could be so good and to bring something that's both traditional, what people look for in a late night host, and also bring in something new that people would appreciate. I watch late night shows like it's my job. Yeah. I watch I watch Stephen Colbert like it's my job. I watch uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon like it's my job. I watch um, all of these people uh like like it's like it's my job to do so and i study them i study the old school greats uh like johnny carson i study all of them because i know that i can do that and i this is <laughs> my craziest dream that i always have is that one day i'm going to go to a taping of jimmy fallon or, or stephen colbert and for some reason neither of like whatever show i'm at the host can't do the show that day yeah. And they're going to cancel the show. And I'm in the audience that day. And I stand up and I say, I'll do it. I'll host the show today. And they're like, who is this guy? But I'm like, listen, overnight success. That's 100%. I, I'm like, I, I can do this. I know y'all don't, I'll sign any papers. You don't have to pay me a dime, but the show is going to go on and I will host it. I promise you it's going to be the best show that you have ever done. I already even have my opening monologue set. Like, I'm not even joking. If this were to ever happen, I have my opening monologue written out. Can we hear it? Ready to, no, no. <laughs> No, I need to save it, but I do, no lie, I do practice it in my shower probably like once or twice a week. Dude, that's what we call total full life yes. manifestation. Like legit, I, I, I want this to happen so bad. I, if, if, if worst comes to worst, I want to be a guest. I just want to be a guest. I want to sit across from Jimmy Fallon or from uh, 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 Stephen Colbert and just like promote my movie or something. Like I want to, I want to do that. That's what I want. I'm going to make it happen, damn it. I don't doubt with anything <laughs> inside of me that there will be a day that 
you're inviting me to be a guest on your late night talk show. I'll, and here's the thing. I'll also do daytime. If there's any executives out there that are listening right now, I'll do daytime. I'll be your next. I'll be your black Ellen. Ah! I will. I will be your black Ellen. Tag, tag the directors and tell yes. them. Tell them to show up and make this happen because yes. it's going to happen one day. Fingers crossed. Oh man, Katie, I appreciate you. I'm really proud of you. Thank I'm really you. proud of what you do. I love your content. <laughs> You're out you. here making a smile, making a difference. I try. And some people come across your content just looking for a safe place on TikTok where they're not being trauma dumped on or they're not experiencing weird feelings because the yeah. content is so negative. Yeah. And TikTok really is a profoundly dark place. It can, oh, 100%. Yes. It, it really is. And so much of what we come across so frequently when we're scrolling the, the For You page just sucks the joy right now. 100%. Out of there's a lot of times that I'm scrolling through my FYP that I try. I try. Like, there's so many times I, I joy, like, I'll be scrolling through my FYP and I'll see either like people like attacking each other yeah. or people just, you know, um, like shitting on men or shitting on women shitting on other races shitting on other uh, people that have different political views and i see it all the time and my goal with everything that i post every single time i film something i say is this going to make somebody's day a little bit better yeah dude that's and, and like at minimum. Tell, is this going to make somebody smile, joke, whatever? That maybe. thought process goes into every single video that you make. <laughs> like, is this going to improve someone's day, elevate someone's mood, make somebody smile? That's all I want. Pick up some serotonin. If this isn't, like, it's not getting put on the For You page. And your entire account, it's so <laughs> obvious that it's been dedicated to bringing joy to people who need it. And I just, I appreciate it. that. I appreciate that more than you know, and I'm so happy uh, that I got to sit with you today. I'm so happy that you're my friend. Now I have somebody to, I have a reason to go to Wyoming. Yeah, for I'm sure. Gonna we'll come, when I'm to come hang out uh, to everybody. Nice like I, where you're at again. What's up? Where are you at again? I'm right outside of Philly. I'm a Philly boy, but I grew up in Jersey. So sometimes you'll hear my Jersey come out, but I, I, I live right outside of Philly. Right on. So you got to come to Philly. Love that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, to everybody that enjoyed Katie uh, and her story and, and, and want to learn more about how you can help and, and, and just at, at minimum, at minimum, learn more. Go follow Katie Ray. Uh, I'm going to uh, put her uh, her tags down at the bottom. Follow her on Instagram at Katie Ray. Follow her on TikTok at the TikTok Advocate. And if you like me, if you like this little doll of a face, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, any of those platforms. Follow, I know on YouTube. Uh, follow me at The Vibe with Kai or visit my website, thevibewithkai.com, where I'm always posting things that will help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. To my guest, Katie Ray, thank you so much for, for sitting with me today. Everybody else, thank you so much for hanging out with me. As always, God bless and good vibes. And bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me.